0: Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. The Oracle Network.
1: Look, Look deeper.
2: At the age of 37, Diane Francis was arrested for the last time. Her family has not heard from her or known her whereabouts for almost 15 years. Welcome to or welcome back to the Great Unsolved podcast. I'm your host, Alexis, and I am simply interested in anything unexplainable or unknown, kind of like a higher stakes puzzle to me. Anyways, follow us on all our social media, which is linked below, and be sure to tune in to our live Get Vocal chat, I guess you could call it, tomorrow at 8pm Central Time. Get Vocal also has a lot of other individual podcasts on there that are really great and have really great discussions every week. I would also like to mention quickly that the network I'm a part of called the Oracle Network has finally launched. So those links will be down below. And please go visit the website and maybe find a new favorite podcast. It seems that one of the only people actively searching for Diane is her daughter, Sherry. And for me, this case bore many similarities to that of Alyssa Turney. Only one family member is searching for the truth, others are warning against it, and even there's an unconfirmed phone call after the victim went missing in both cases. I'm going to read to you Diane Francis's page, off of the charlieproject.org in order to give you an overview of the case. So Diane Charissa Francis has been missing since eleven twenty-seven 2005 from Jacksonville, Florida. She's considered endangered missing. She was a white 37 year old woman who was five foot three and 100 to 120 pounds at the day she went missing. Right now she would be 51 years old. Her clothing at the time of her disappearance is unknown, but she often wears rings on all her fingers and on some of her toes, and she may be wearing a small gold crucifix necklace. She was a Caucasian female with brown blonde hair, brown hazel eyes, and she had a tattoo of a heart on her left calf and a tattoo of the letters JT on her right arm, and her ears were pierced. Frances was last seen by her daughters in Boynton Beach, Florida, sometime in June of 2003. She was arrested for trespassing in Jacksonville, Florida on November 27, 2005, and this is the last indication of her whereabouts. At the time of her disappearance, she had a high-risk lifestyle and was transient throughout Southeast Florida. She has never been heard from again, and her daughters hired a private investigator who was unable to locate her. If you have any information on this case, call the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office at 561-688-3000. So I had the pleasure of discussing Diane's case with her daughter, Sherry. So I am going to play you that recording and that is going to be the basis of this episode because I think Sherry really tells it best and she really knows all the ins and outs of the case. Yeah. So, so, thank you for agreeing to talk to me.
3: And I did listen to the episodes of, that you're on of sipping on some crime reports with Aaron. yeah, As well as the Get Vocal talk with Sarah, Aaron, and Maggie, I believe. Yes. And you are a great speaker, so I have to give you a warning that I am not. So, <laughs> if i sound confused at all or anything, I'm not. It just takes me a little bit to figure out what I want to say next.
1: No, you're totally fine. I um, thank you for appreciating how I talk. Actually, I, I, you know, judge myself obviously. Um, yeah. I think I talk too fast and too much sometimes, and you're a very no. clear speaker and slow, so people can understand you. And I'm actually kind of jealous. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so. <laughs>
3: Well, I do have some questions that I kind of wrote down as I was listening to other things on the case, and mm-hmm. we can jump right into that, but feel free to elaborate or tell stories or anything else, because I really just want to showcase you telling your mother's story. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with
3: it. I like it. <laughs> okay. So the first thing, just to start things off on like a really positive note, I just want to know about your mom, like anything you remember or have heard, like her personality, dreams, favorite things, any of that stuff. Well, I will say, and this is something that
1: stuck with me, um, mind you, I was with my mom only for about nine to ten years out of my life, off and on. Um, So we were taken away when we were, I don't know, three and four, six and seven, and then nine and eleven for the last time. So, um, yeah, I only knew her until I was about nine, ten years old, somewhere in there. And she was just the most beautiful person. She sought to make everyone happy around her, no matter how, you know, hurt she was herself. And she was always the funniest person in the room. I remember that. And yeah, just always joking, always trying to make people laugh. Um, just li- She would do little quirky things, you know, just just to make me and my sister laugh. Because most of the time it was not a great situation. So okay. she was trying to take away from that for us, you know, and make it better, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, outgoing, very outgoing. Um no fear, I guess, is another way I would describe it. Mm-hmm. And my sister is a lot like that too—just mm-hmm. um, no fear, which sometimes is great and sometimes not. You know, Yeah. sure. Um, yeah, that's that's really where I would leave it. I mean, I don't remember too much detail about her, and I'm I'm assuming it's because it's been so long, I've just forgotten. But, um. Yeah, that's just how I would describe her. Funny, trying to make everyone laugh, no matter how bad the situation was. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Do you, even though you don't really remember, do you think she was more of, like, an optimistic person, or was she just, was, like, the making people feel better and stuff just, like, natural to her?
1: I think trying to make everyone laugh and trying to make everyone feel better all the time was her way of covering what was wrong with her, if that makes any sense. Like it was her only way of taking away from the reality of things, I guess. And I think that's why she did it. But I don't know if that that answers your question.
3: No, that is what I was asking. I just wasn't quite sure how to word it.
1: Right.
3: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to answer those questions too. so my second one is like two questions in one when was the last time you physically saw your mom and then when was the last time you had like contact, such as a phone call or a letter or something with her
1: the last time that I saw my mother physically was in 2003 we live somewhere um, called the Indian River cottages it no longer exists in Melbourne but that was the last place I saw and lived with her and that was in 2003 and then 2005 would be the last time we ever heard from her Um, and that was in court the day that her rights were terminated we literally just heard her agree or disagree to the terms being stated in the courtroom
3: okay and that was like a custody hearing i'm assuming
1: yeah the termination of parental rights hearings. it was okay. for both my father and my mother but we had never met my dad that's what i tried to explain and get in the get vocal was like we never really met him so when he you know agreed to have his rights terminated it was like okay we've never met you anyway you know yeah. like we were sad about it but we didn't really know him for my mom it was completely different We didn't think that that was ever going to happen. So
3: Yeah, and from everything I've heard about the case and you talking about your mom, it seems like she never really wanted that to happen either. Right,
1: and everyone around her tried to make sure it didn't happen as well. Her father pushed to have us with him. Uh, You know, there was some voluntary... um, times where she gave us up, I don't know if I mentioned that in the Get Vocal, but mm-hmm. like pr- prior to the state getting involved, there was some like voluntary times where she had my grandfather take us, or my aunt and uncle, my aunt Joanne and my uncle Dave, which is my mom's brother and his ex-wife now, but at the time they were married and they took us. So, I guess it's it's a little bit of like she wanted us in her lives really, really bad, but the family was also pushing for it too. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if like she gave up and lost ties with the family, or what happened there. But obviously, they stopped looking for her, and mm-hmm. um, she continued being missing. So yeah, but at one point they did help, and they were involved, and you know, like I said, they stepped in to help, just like the state did. So
3: mm-hmm.
1: I don't really know if, you know, she just decided it was too much or if they decided it was too much, but at some point somebody did and um, they're no longer involved, like I said. but
3: Yeah, so was it only part of the time you and your sister were with family? Because I know you talked about being in, like, foster care and all that. Did you mean, like... Yeah people you didn't know or with family and stuff? Yeah. So
1: it's kind of confusing because we spent 14 years in and out of foster care. This all started when I was four and it didn't end until I was 18 years old and aged out of the foster care system. Mm -hmm. Um, Now we aged out of the foster care system with Joanne, the aunt that I just mentioned to you that took us when we were little she okay. decided to find us when we were 16 and 17 also and or actually i found them but it's a long story <laughs> a long a long different story that really doesn't answer your question here but the point being um yeah we were it was kind of like in and out the in-betweens were um foster homes of people we didn't know or like respite care homes or like the overnight um, foster care stay. Like if they had nowhere for us to go permanently, they'd find us an overnight respite home is what it's called. And so those would be with like random families that we didn't know or people through our old church that we didn't really know, but they were through the church. So it was okay. Like,
3: yeah. um,
1: Yeah. So there was like a few years in between here and there, that we were in different homes a lot of people like to say to me that i was never in foster care because a lot of the time was spent with family now that's mm-hmm. true but like the three or four years that was broken up amongst the time we spent in foster care that i was with families i didn't know nobody really knows about that or i guess cares. Yeah. i don't know but it's there, you know, there was like six months here where we were in a weird home or six months here or a year here or it wasn't consecutive, which is good. But it still blows like nobody wants to be in foster care at all. Yeah. So.
3: And then um, you probably had to get used to a lot of different families rather than just like a few. Right. Right.
1: And like I told my Aunt Joanne today, we were we were arguing about this whole situation, which happens often, but
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, I was telling her, you know, nobody really understands that it was like, okay, here, you're with your mom. Okay, now you're in this respite home overnight. Okay, now you're going to this family for six months. Okay, now you're going back to your mom. Okay, now you're over here. Like, I was raised by 25, 26 different people. And so that's yeah. what makes up who I am. You know, she was trying to understand why I do what I do, why I'm going after this so hard. And Mm -hmm. I just explained to her that, like, you weren't there, you know, (laughs) like a lot of people weren't there. And it was rough. Yeah. Some of it, you know, made me a cool person. I won't lie. (laughs) Like, you you can't just get who I am out of being raised by two normal human beings and having Mm -hmm. a perfect cookie cutter family. That doesn't happen. You know this day, this is years in the making, I guess, and it's it's different, but I don't know, I guess, um, I guess I appreciate some of it, and some of it you know, I wish I never went through, but
3: yeah, foster care is foster care it's just it's a rough place, that's all, yeah. It seems like it. I've never been in that situation, but from every story I read about or hear about, I yeah. kind of get that same picture. I'm lucky for only
1: having the amount of time I did and for it being split up like it was. Yeah. Um, definitely lucky for that. But yes, we were in foster care here and there, um, not with family. Okay. Time. I
3: just wanted to clarify that a
1: little bit. No, I definitely understand. I, I'd want to know. Like <laughs>
3: So what was the first indicator she was missing or or that something, like, just wasn't right, according to, like, other people? And also, like, what was the first indicator to you? Well, the first indicator to me
1: was when I reunited with my biological family after being in foster care for as many years as I previously stated about Mm. 14. Um, Now we were only separated from them with no contact for about, I want to say eight or nine years. Okay. And then, um, yeah, one, (laughs) one night I just got the idea to steal a phone book in this all girls uh, foster shelter. I was staying in. It was illegal for us to contact our biological family until 18 years of age. I decided one day I was just going to go in the office while everyone was sleeping and steal the phone book. I knew I wasn't supposed to, but I did it anyway. And I brought it into my room, and I stole the phone off the little receiver on the desk, and I just started looking for any name that I could recognize, anything. Just, like, you know, Mm -hmm. any family name. (laughs) I mean, you haven't seen your family in almost a decade. So it's like, you know, just any name you could recognize. So I'm scrolling and scrolling, and I see the name Cook. And I don't know why I remembered this name. I didn't even know who it was at the time. I just called. I also recognized the phone number. And so I called and this little old woman answers and she's like, hello. And I'm like, hello. And she's like, who's this? And I'm like, I know it's like two o'clock in the morning, but this is Sherry Snyder. And she's like, Sherry who? And I'm like, Sherry Lynn Snyder. I'm, 17 years old. This is where I live. This is where I've been. This is my mother. Like, I just started spewing out information. Mm -hmm. And she all I heard was her drop the phone, and she screamed my grandfather's name. Like, they don't sleep in the same bedroom. They sleep on Mm -hmm. opposite ends of the house. So she runs out. She's like, Dave, Dave. So she gets him, and he comes on the phone. And it was just, like, history from there. They showed up to the shelter the next day, even though they weren't supposed to. We were having like a garage sale or something going on, so they showed up anyway. And my grandpa walked up with his uh, his car keys and showed them to me. And there's this little keychain on it with a picture of me and my sister when we were two and three.
3: Oh.
1: Um, still on his car key or his truck keys. And yeah, just you know, I I decided that I was going to do that. So. Then my Aunt Joanne, as soon as she caught wind that we were in this shelter that, by the way, happened to be two streets over from my grandparents' house, they walked to the garage sale the next day. Yeah, like, it was just divine intervention, like I always talk about. Um, It just basically smacked me in the face, like, here you go. There's your family back. Um, So, yeah, after, like, a week or so of being reunited with them after Joanne got us out of there... It took months. She had to go through the foster classes and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But when she did finally get us out, um, that was the first thing we asked. I mean, I think the first sit-down dinner we had with everybody, that was the first thing my sister and I asked was, where's our mom? You know, like, what happened? Yeah. Um, Because when they terminated parental rights, even though my mom wrote us a letter stating that she would see us again, the state was telling us that, you're not allowed to see her until you're 18
0: now. Growing a business brings pressure. It's not easy to maintain momentum and still keep employees engaged. Fortunately, there's Insperity. Their scalable HR solutions help me with hiring, training, HR administration, and compliance while giving my employees competitive benefit options. When my people are able to thrive, my business can adapt and prosper. With Insperity, nothing seems impossible. Sparity, HR that makes a difference. Welcome to BreezeLine, where you'll say, ta-ta, T-Mobile, because we've got more reliable home internet that's a whole lot faster. In fact, 10 times faster. No, seriously, because we have real internet backed by our fiber-powered network. And T-Mobile, well, they just have a 5G cellular network. So act now to get superior home internet, Find your perfect speed with prices starting at just $19.99 a month for 24 months. Terms and conditions apply. Go to BreezeLine.com to learn more.
1: Like It's illegal. So we had to stay away until 2010. But in 2010 is around the time we asked my grandparents, where is she? And they give us the same answer every time. We don't know. We looked for her. Um, We had cop friends look for her. Nobody could find her. And then again, when I asked for proof of this, there's no proof. You know, it's just, it's been so many years, I don't have it anymore. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the excuse or case may be, I just, at this point, have stopped asking. You know, every few years, I'll ask again to see if the answer has changed. But I don't just keep badgering them because the answer hasn't changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and to me, it seems like they're only going to give me what they want me to have and they've already given it. So that's it. Yeah. Um, and like I said, in get vocal, you know, no harm, no foul. I don't blame anyone. This is my fight. If they don't want to do it, if they don't want to help, that's fine. But Mm -hmm. like, you know, like I keep telling everyone, this is the deal. Like, this is what I'm doing. There isn't nothing you say or do is going to make me stop doing it. You know, um, and it, it, like I said, it's fine if you don't want to help, but don't hate on me for wanting to do it or don't hate yeah. what I'm doing, I guess. Because um, a lot of them do. A lot of them hate what I'm doing 100%. So,
3: yeah. Um, that reminds me so much of Sarah working on her sister's case, too. It's just when I was listening through your interviews and stuff. It reminded me so much of that case. Yep, I've
1: I, i I've literally written down probably every piece of uh, information pertaining to Alyssa's case and it just drives me nuts. Like I'll just mm-hmm. sit there and rewrite it because I feel like I'm missing something or there's gonna be that one piece of information, you know.
3: Yeah. I wish
1: I could help her so bad. 'Cause we're so close, you know, we live so close, so
3: Yeah. It sucks.
1: It really does, but that's that's missing the missing world for you. That's exactly yeah. how it is. It's rough.
3: <laughs> so yeah. when you heard or like found out that your mom was missing, what were your first thoughts on that? Um,
1: well, there's thoughts that I didn't <laughs> I didn't exactly verbalize with my family at the time. Mm-hmm. Um mind you, I would never I don't I don't dislike my family. I don't hate them. You know, yeah. there's no hard feelings there. I lo- I love every single person in my family, but I have had to remove some people for disagreeing with what I'm doing. Um, yeah, but my first thoughts that popped into my head was like why? <laughs> you know, yeah. why why is she how is it even possible that she's missing with the family that we have? Like, if you knew my family, and this is something else that came up just today when I was talking to my aunt, she said, if you want to be part of this family, you better have tough skin. And mm-hmm. I told her, you know, I told her, no, I'm sorry, but that's wrong. Like, have, do you even hear yourself? Do you hear what you're saying? You're basically telling me I need to harden myself if I want to be a part of this family. Yeah. Yeah. In all honesty, I see that as you just making an excuse to treat me like shit. That's just saying mm-hmm. toughen your feelings up so I can treat you like crap. You know yeah, what I mean? So like you that's won't how react. I see Right. That's how I see it. And I'm like, No, I won't. If you wanna treat people like crap, you can be alone. That's how that works. Mhm. <laughs> you because Well, and my cousins, they attack me all the time over this and it's just getting to the point where I'm like, Do what you want, you know? I'm going to mm-hmm. be here doing this and you do what you want to do. I don't, it doesn't affect me anymore. And so, yeah, my first thoughts were why, or how did you even let her get to that point? Yeah. You know, and some of them will say it's not their life. It's not their responsibility. It's not, They don't need to spend their whole life trying to make Diane's life better. But at the same time, you did have a responsibility as her family member and you didn't yeah. hold to that. At least check in right something or let people know that do care about her that she's gone Mm -hmm. you know they they, nobody even tried and it's fine like I said it's my fight but I just want them to understand that I do have every every right and reason to be angry with them sometimes
3: yeah absolutely yeah so, I I,
1: that, I was angry. That would be my initial reaction. Okay.
3: Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. So I know you probably don't know for sure, but what do you think was the first indicator to, like, your grandfather and your aunts and uncles that your mom was missing? So in 2006, and this isn't widely talked about
1: because, again, my grandfather will not speak on this matter. Okay. So in order to back the information up, it has to be me. Like, he's not going to back this information up that I'm giving you, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But he has texted me numerous times saying, because I'll ask him, you know, when when was the last time that you spoke to mom and what was said?
3: Mm
1: -hmm. And he says in 2006, the year after she went missing, or not even the year, because if we think about it, she went missing 11-28-2005. That was just a few yeah. days before the year ended. So, um, or I guess a month, like a month and a day or uh-huh. a couple days. But regardless, in 2006, which just, it could have been a month, you know, from the yeah. from the time she went missing, she called his house, I guess. And the circumstances of the call are that she called his house from Jacksonville, from a motel in Jacksonville and she was asking for help. She was stating all the things that were wrong with her health wise and she needed money and she needed her social security card and birth certificate, which he says he sent to her. So at one point he had that address. That's what that tells me, you know? Yeah. Um, So he sent the birth certificate and the social security card that she wanted and then he said, "The next time he tried calling back the hotel room, it was the hotel was closed down." Um, okay. So she receives birth certificate, social security card. I'm assuming to either move on with her life, get married, uh, get a driver's license, um, get a job. You know, all these things are mm-hmm. things you you might need this paperwork for. So. Um, and then yeah, she never calls back. So like my my thinking would be and I say this in the podcast <laughs> I think a couple times. When when was that moment for you where she, where it was like okay, she didn't answer. Well, maybe she's just out doing something. I'll call back tomorrow. And then when the tomorrow came, was it like, well, I'll just call back tomorrow? Or did you yeah. ever get that pull or that feeling in your heart like maybe I should do something? Like maybe Mm -hmm. I should call someone and I just can't get a straight answer whether or not he felt that, but he does tell me he feels every day of his life that he failed as a father and he wishes she would come back. Mm -hmm. And he makes posts all the time too. Uh, Just just last week there was one of a man and a little girl singing a song and he wrote something about how he wished so much he could sing with my mother like this, you know, commenting on the video um, But just stuff like, I know he misses her, and I know at one point it pulled at his heart like that. I just mm-hmm. don't know, like, where the tables turned, where it became like, this is too much for me, and I can't, and, you yeah. know. Because, like I said, at one point, he was fully there, fully the one trying to step in and help her.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So... Yeah, I, I would definitely have to say that it happen- It had to have happened for him in 2006 after that phone call. When she called okay. and there was no return call, you know, he had to have had that feeling like something's wrong, she's missing, yeah,
3: you know. So there's no, obviously because there's no record of the call or anything, there's no record of when he called back either, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And and I'm
1: told there's no phone number, and he doesn't have okay. the address. So,
3: yeah, so it's unconfirmed. That's what I was going to ask. Like, do you, in your opinion, think it was wishful thinking on your grandfather's part, or was it really her and then she just disappeared?
1: Well, I don't know if you've heard about Rita. This is another person that has to kind of be incorporated, I guess. Rita is the woman that my grandfather left my grandmother for. And he was with her up until like 2010, at least. That's when I got out of foster care. Mm -hmm. Now they live in separate homes and things like that. But when Diane called the home, Rita answered. Now, they don't like each other, Rita and my mom. Okay. Always, always, always hated each other. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was jealousy because Rita was taking over her dad or what the case may be, but as a stepmom, she did not like Rita at all. So when she called in 2006, Rita answered the phone. Since they sleep in separate bedrooms, she had to go find my grandfather and say, hey, Diane is on the phone. She's saying mm-hmm. that she's, I don't know, Rita, Rita likes to play the telephone game, so the story's changed a million times. But as far as I'm concerned, she stated a bunch of medical issues, like she had an amputated leg or something like that. She had diabetes, and she Uh was telling Rita all this crazy stuff, probably to try and get money, in my opinion. Um, And when Rita knocked on my grandfather's door and said, hey, Diana's on the phone. She wants this, this, and this. She's saying this, this, and this. My grandfather just asked, is she sober? And when Rita said no, he said, hang up the phone. So he okay. never took the call from her. He just okay. knew that there was a phone call. Just to clarify that a little bit, because I don't want,
0: you know, yeah.
1: him to come back and say, I never said that. or Yeah. Um, but that's the circumstances. The phone call it was never really a phone call. She was just talking to someone she hated. <laughs> yeah. Basically communicating through that person to her dad. Um And again, he was done with the drugs and things. And so when he said he didn't want to take the phone call, it was just like, I'm too hurt by this. If she's not sober, I can't talk to her.
3: Yeah. Um, People have to do that at some point. Right. And so,
1: again, I don't know how long it took him to be like, maybe I should call back or whatever the case may be. But when he did, he says the hotel was run down. Now, another thing that kind of piques my interest is like, how did you know that? Yeah. When you call a hotel and it's closed down, it doesn't say, hey, we're closed down. Call back later. Like, you
3: have to find yeah, that information out. Yeah, he would you would have know. had to search something. It would probably just say, like, this phone number is not in service. Right. And so in order to know that, and, like,
1: I knew that, um, the hotel was closed down and I found out after because once he said that, I went looking into it, obviously. So the, yeah. the Ramada Inn that she had called from, which is the same hotel she was being trespassed from, okay, cl- closed down and became an econo lodge. So, again, and I, I searched in Google, it's the same exact hotel. All they did was drape a tarp over the sign on the road. Okay. So in Google, it's like the same there's the same stains on the carpet in the pictures. Like it's disgusting. <laughs> but my point is the hotel didn't change. Something happened there where they had to change the name of the hotel. So people yeah. would start staying there again. Um, another thing, the security officers that worked at this motel where
3: she was,
1: um, they stopped working there the same year she disappeared. The same year the hotel closed down. Like I really Nothing. think something happened at this hotel
3: that was yeah. bad. That nobody yeah, nobody wants be to talk nothing, about. But it seems suspicious a little bit.
1: Right. Like all that happened in the same year. Kinda mm-hmm. odd. And then another, I contacted the security officers that worked at the hotel. There was two of them that maced her one day. Now my okay. mom's like ninety ninety pounds at this time. Yeah. Uh soaking wet kind of thing. <laughs> maybe maybe eighty pounds. <laughs> we'll we'll put it like that. Um she was about eighty pounds and these were two grown dudes Um, and they maced her and detained her until the police got there because she was trespassing and then they called for medical attention for her and she refused to be treated because she's a badass and that's just how she is (laughs) and so when I contacted him though he didn't remember her and I was like you don't you don't remember that 90 pound girl that was fighting like hell and then refused medical attention after you maced her and held her down for an hour until the police got there. You don't remember that? Yeah, that's hard he's to like, believe. He's like, no, I don't. I haven't worked <laughs> over there since '05 when the hotel got shut down for reasons, is what he said. And I said, oh. reasons. And he said, yeah, reasons. So, you know, just, just little tidbits. Like, there's definitely something odd there. There's definitely something odd with the ex-boyfriend and the other missing person as well. Yeah. That was Um, my next
3: question, actually. (laughs) So funny. Yeah, that's a whole other story in itself. Good God. Yeah. Um, So my first question there was, what are your thoughts about the guy who reported your mom missing? Like, does he seem like he could have had something to do with it? Or was he just worried after not being able to contact her? That kind of thing. I'm, I'm not really sure. I will say okay. that
1: he is, cause you know, I don't want to go after someone when I'm not positive, but yeah, I will say absolutely. he's on my list for sure. Um, okay. just because I'm sorry, you can only throw a, a few coincidences at me regarding the same person and I'm going to believe that they're coincidence. Yeah, yeah. After a while, it's like, okay, why are there so many coincidences with this one person? It's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's kind of where I'm at. It's not like I know for a fact it was him or anything like that. It's just more of like, okay, this guy's definitely on my radar. He keeps popping up. This is weird. Um, So, yeah, basically, he lived in a trailer in Bunnell, Florida, um, which is not too far off from the area where my mom went missing. I mean, Florida's pretty tight-knit no matter where you go. It's all pretty close Uh together, but... Bunnell is not too far off from Brevard, so
3: okay.
1: um, he lived there in a trailer park, I believe. I'm not sure if it was a trailer park or if his house was just a trailer in the neighborhood, but regardless, okay. some trailers, and he lived in, like, this wooded area on the railroad tracks and just very, like, secluded. His trailer was put back on the property a little bit, very hidden, and... um which is just kind of scary, but his neighbor, George Contos, went, was reported missing on May 10th, 2015. Okay. The next day, May 11th, 2015, John Taylor Boggs calls in to report my mom missing.
3: Okay.
1: The next, the next day. <laughs> just yeah, kind of weird. Yeah,
3: seems odd.
1: Um, and then also, something that I just always make a point, And unfortunately, I don't have it recorded or I'd be putting it out there like it was no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. He told the news when they came to question about George Contos and his disappearance. John told the newscast or news channel, whatever, that he had no idea why anyone would ever want to hurt George. And he was such a great neighbor and he was such a great guy. And then I talked to him and I, and we had been talking for like a month at this point and I called him and was like, "Hey, I just realized your neighbor went missing too. That's so crazy." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yeah. They fed his ass to the Gators." And I go, "What?" Oh, what do you ta- what what do you mean?" And he goes, "The drug dealers, you know." And I was like, "No, I don't know, John. What are you talking about?"
3: <laughs> Cuz like
1: yeah. I don't I'm not you're not you know, affiliating me with that at all or associating me in any way. I don't know what you're talking about. So Mm -hmm. he goes, you know, the drug dealers, they, they fed his ass to the gators. They got to him um, before he could, I I don't know if he was going to sell pills he said or something, but um, just two totally different statements. And in my opinion, whether you're involved or not, there's no reason for you to have two contradicting statements.
3: No, not about at something all.
1: very serious. Yeah, and especially one that's, that's specific, right? And then another thing that just always gets me, like I don't care. I'll never let it go. I don't care. <laughs> he uh, he claims that in 2014, or I don't even know what year he says, but in 2014 is when I handed out flyers. It's the only okay. point I ever handed out flyers on my mother, and it was in Melbourne, Florida only. I think we went into Palm Bay a little bit, which is like the surrounding city,
3: <clears throat>
1: but definitely not Bunnell where he mm-hmm. lived, which was like two, three hours away from where I was handing out flyers. He claims that he got a flyer and that's how he knew to call Jacksonville sheriff's office. Well, first of all, oh. in 2014, I didn't even know about Jacksonville yet.
3: Uh huh.
1: I never knew she even went to Jacksonville at that point in time. I found that by accident. So, just another lie. We never got yeah, the flyer hard. off to his house. Like, it, it, he knew to call Jacksonville. Nobody else knew to call Jacksonville in 2015. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I found out
0: about Jacksonville. Growing a business brings pressure. It's not easy to maintain momentum and still keep employees engaged. Fortunately, there's insperity. Their scalable HR solutions help me with hiring, training, HR administration, and compliance while giving my employees competitive benefit options. When my people are able to thrive, my business can adapt and prosper. With Insperity, nothing seems impossible. Insperity, HR that makes a difference. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month and discover what it truly means to drive a truck that's built to serve. Ram 3500 with an available legendary Cummins engine. Ram TRX, the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. And Ram 1500, ranked number one in driver appeal among large light duty pickups in 2022. That's three years in a row by J.D. Power. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. it until
1: 2016, 2017, somewhere in there. And that which was just two, three years ago. So, and that was by chance. I just literally searched her jail number I, I just got mm-hmm. the idea to search her jail number instead of by name. Like I didn't include name, birthday, any of that, just her jail number. And it brought up two people. Okay. And yeah, so that's how I found that. And like I said, two, three years ago, which was not in 2015. So yeah. he's just making stuff up to make himself look better. And like yeah. another thing he stated was, so my mom's last boyfriend, his last name was Foreman. Mm-hmm. Hence the reason she used the Foreman name. She used this Kimberly Teresa Foreman name in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So I just automatically assumed it was associated with Foreman because, I mean, same last name, whatever. So yeah. talking to Boggs, um, he tries to throw Foreman under the bus a couple of times. He was saying that, oh, in 2005, Foreman came to work for me. You should question him. He probably knows something. Um, and then I talked to Foreman, and I said, is this true? You know, I screenshotted the messages and contacted Foreman. I said, is this true? Yeah. This is what he's saying to me. What do I what do I say? Like, how do I even act about this? Is this true? And he was like, Sherry, you need to call the police immediately. Like, why would he try and throw me under the bus? He's lying. I never went to work for him. You know how much we hate each other. And, like, it's yeah. true. They hate each other's guts. Last time I saw both of them, they were fighting in the front yard over my mom.
3: So... Yeah. And I mean, so she's not very good.
1: Right. There would be no reason for Foreman to work for Boggs. They hated each other's guts.
3: So, mm-hmm.
1: um, again, they're both blaming each other. So, right there, it's just like, I don't know. If it was me and you being accused and someone called me and they were like, but she this and she that and she this and she that, I'm going to be like, well, I don't know because I wasn't there, so I'm not going to accuse her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Them, it's like you contact them, they're both pointing the finger at each other. It's like they both yeah. have something to do with it. or so, You know what I mean? It's just odd. Mm-hmm. To me, it would be like, I have nothing to do with this. I don't know who did it. You need to contact someone else. Them, yeah. it's like, no, he did it. He did it. He did it. They're going back and forth. And to me, it's like they're kind of trying to prove that neither of them did it because they both have alibis and excuses for yeah. everything.
3: so Trying to get suspicion off.
1: Right. That's where Boggs lies. I mean, it's just suspicious all around. He's done a few things, like I said, accusing other people, trying to take the blame off him. Um, at this point, he's missing
3: <laughs> okay. from my life. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, cause, well, I found out he's not actually missing. He's been active on Facebook and he's contacted other people. Okay. But he won't he won't talk to me. he changed his phone number, and he's blocked my sister on Facebook and all social media. so mm. I'm assuming the moment I get blocked, then I know for sure he's running, but
3: yeah,
1: at this point, it could just be because you know I've made accusations and maybe they're not true. I don't know, but
3: mm-hmm. he
1: could just be hurt by that. I don't really know,
3: yeah, um, definitely
1: a suspicious guy all the way around, though I will say that. Um whether that just be, you know, the result of being a person that does drugs your whole life or
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, maybe he's just not all there anymore, I don't know, I can't say, but I will say that I'm watching and it's very suspicious. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna keep watching. So that that's about it on box, I guess.
3: So Is what it, since um since obviously the flyer wasn't the reason he called the police station, Mm -hmm. what do you think his motive for reporting her missing was? Like if it was – oh, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. (laughs) ahead. I was going to say, if it was unrelated to his neighbor going missing, did he just randomly, like, think of her one day? Well, see, that that my thing
1: is, like – I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. If you're living in a in a trailer and someone in your trailer park goes missing, someone that you're associated with, I've even caught word that he might have known the suspects in the case. There's a father okay. and a son, or like an older man and a younger man. Boggs might have known them personally, so another very good reason for him to be involved. Um, yeah, but again, like, um, I, I just think that. Anyone living in that situation and you hear that your neighbor goes missing or if you had something to do with it and your neighbor goes missing, that's going to kickstart me or anyone that I know anyway. If we knew someone else that was missing, that might kickstart you to be like, well, I wonder what they know about her or I wonder if they even have caught wind that she's missing yet. Maybe I should call in to find out.
3: Yeah. Or,
1: you know, it could have just been like, hey, this dude went missing. This is how procedure goes. I'm watching it all happen in front of my eyes. Maybe I should do this for the person that is missing from my past. I don't know. It could be completely innocent, but it also could be completely suspicious and incriminating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that could definitely go
3: both ways.
1: Yeah. I mean, just just the coincidence of like how close the two are gets me every time. Like, yeah what what else reason would you have other than like oh this person went missing now i'm reminded of the other missing person
3: mhm
1: so yeah i think that so, him going missing definitely made him think on it for sure
3: yeah so why do you think like her boyfriend at the time or closer to the time that she went missing never reported her missing Was it just that he was involved in illegal activities, too, so then you don't want to get involved? Yes, and um,
1: I think other reasons, I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, Again, I've never really had problems with Foreman ever. He was never Mm -hmm. abusive to my mom. He was probably the best out of all of them. Like I do say, he had his own history that he's not proud of and does not want to dredge up at the moment, but... Yeah. He is cooperative. Like I've never had an issue with him. I, I've talked to his mother on the phone who used to be like a grandmother to me. And okay. um he like if anyone was ever my stepdad, it would probably have been Roger, uh, Foreman. Okay. Boggs claims to be my stepdad in his police report, but I see it <laughs> as her last boyfriend. He was the one that came to the visitations in the end. Um yeah you know just always tried to make an honest living he had his own landscaping business her other boyfriends it was like not that at all they didn't have legitimate jobs they were just mm-hmm. drug addicts so um but i will say that his his <laughs> i want to put this nicely as possible his okay his understanding of what took place in the end is not something that I can agree with, but at the same time, I don't really want to try and argue with him on it, if that makes any sense, because I can't prove or deny, you know, Mm -hmm. but he claims that in 2005, so mind you, Diane Teresa Francis and Kimberly Teresa Foreman were in Jacksonville from 04 to 05, maybe 06. We don't know if she was there in 06 or not, but If Foreman claims that he moved out of Florida in 2005 and left her behind, how would he have not known about Jacksonville? He claims to not know about Jacksonville at all, that he never went there with her. But if that's the case, there was a year that you just, what, didn't know where she was? She was just going to Jacksonville and coming home at the end of the day and you didn't ask questions or,
3: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: that's my concern with his story is like, <clears throat> he doesn't really understand that I can see it doesn't add up and I don't yeah. want to tell it. I want to, you know, be like, Hey, you do understand that that doesn't make any sense. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause he'll just say stuff like why I might not really remember correctly cause you know, there was so much drugs and stuff going on back then. Yeah. <clears throat> and Again, too, I don't want any of these people to just completely stop talking to me either. So
3: I have to yeah, confuse
1: my battles here. So, um, But, yeah, he claims that in 2005 he moved to North Carolina. His niece was passing away, my cousin, Jamie. Um, okay. I believe she had cystic fibrosis. I remember her as a kid. Uh, I remember this older girl. She was always with us. Um, And she always had to do these breathing treatments in the mornings and stuff um, Mm -hmm. to be able to get through the day. And I guess she passed in 2005. And so he had to go to North Carolina for her funeral and everything. And he just ended up living there. Now he he still lives there in North Carolina. So he claims that he left my mom at a pimp's house named J.P., Um, And not JT, I don't want people to get confused. JT is John Taylor Boggs. JP is apparently this Mexican pimp that Roger Foreman left my mom with when he moved out of state. He claims that's where she wanted to go. She was begging to be with this guy. And so he finally just left her um, in this, like, boarding house, which is only a few houses down from the Indian River cottages. I told you I last saw my mother's face at. Okay. So she only moved like, I have the address to this house and I can send you a screenshot on maps of the two pin dots. The one where we last saw her and the one where he left her. They're literally like seven houses apart.
3: So that's crazy.
1: Um, And I have friends that live right in the area. I lived myself in that area up until four Mm -hmm. years ago when I just couldn't I couldn't be there and not find her anymore you know what I mean I had to like get away from there so I could focus on there
3: more thoroughly if
1: that makes any sense sometimes it's easier from the outside you know so Mm -hmm. I moved away from there finally but then you know I move here and I find out how close the two places were and now it's killing me that I'm not there because I want to be able Mm -hmm. to see these places and talk to these people and things like that but yeah Only a few houses. Now, in Jacksonville, when she was being charged at this motel, she kept giving an address um, that was not... It was like a plot in the street. There was no home there. So it was a fake address she was giving. Okay. Excuse me. But it was on Snyder Street. So I thought that was so... It was like 12... Excuse me. 482 Snyder Street. Okay. And my last name is Snyder. So... Mm -hmm to me that was like a hint, you know, if anybody saw that charge, they would know, like she's still thinking about you. She didn't just end up on Snyder street and like, Oh yeah, yeah, I have two kids that are out there somewhere with the last name Snyder. I don't really care. You know, I, I couldn't see it. So she was still thinking about us. And again, only a couple streets down from this motel that she frequented. So when she wasn't at the motel, she was on this Snyder street, um, fake addressing she gave. It. it was like a trailer park in okay. the spot where she said she lived. So didn't move very far <laughs> again. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: And so from 2003 to 2005, she stayed in the same block from, you know, 2004 to 2005 in Jacksonville. She stayed in the same block radius, you know, area. Yeah. Um, and then it's just gone from there. Yeah. And to me, it almost seems like Foreman could have taken her to North Carolina with him. Um, she could have moved on her own when she got out of jail with mm-hmm. that overnight stay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are just the things I contemplate some days. I don't know. She, yeah. she went somewhere from there, and I, I just really can't pinpoint it. I know that Foreman's story is Wishy washy. I don't really know. How, you know, like I said, how do you, how are you with her from in 2003 when we get taken away and her mm-hmm. rights are terminated? And then 2004, she's in Jacksonville through 2005. And then in 2005, you move out of Florida, but she's back with you in Melbourne when you leave and you leave her at this pimp's house, but you yeah. never went to Jacksonville. Like, I just, it doesn't add up at all. He doesn't know that I realized that, but. It does not.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the last name thing, I'm sorry, but even a drug addict or not, I wouldn't just, like, be with my boyfriend that I'm with now. And then I move out, and I, I'm i like, I'm going to start a new identity. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to use that old boyfriend's last name. How does yeah, that make that sense? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. You would move on from that completely. You would get rid of that name. You wouldn't want it anywhere near you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so, yeah, and then another thing he slipped up and told me is that, She used to take guys' money and, like, a John that she's going to sleep with, she would take his money and tell him she needed to stop at the gas station to get something to drink, and then she Mm -hmm. would run out the back door with the dude's money. Now, if you were never in Jacksonville and you had nothing to do with the prostitution, how do you know that? Yeah. Because she came back from prostituting and told you that. That's the only way you would know. Mm -hmm. And so to me, you were okay with it and you were a part of it and you were involved.
3: Yeah. Because if you were,
1: yeah, like if you were her boyfriend at the time and she was telling you what she was doing to these johns, then you were a part of it. If you were okay with it, you were a part of it. Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: I'm sure she was bringing that money home from those johns that you guys could do drugs together. Mm
3: -hmm. And like,
1: no judgment. I don't care if that's what happened. I just want to know.
3: You (laughs) know, I just want
1: to know if like, this JP guy was a John was this someone she was sleeping with or was this really her pimp or was this you know like a guy she yeah. just met I and with him lying and not even being able to admit he was part of it it makes it really hard mm-hmm. um because in all the reports from the motel too where she was trespassed there's a husband listed like I told you yeah um but there's no info on him so if that is foreman like I would just really like to know I would just love to know if yeah him. But anyway, I've been rambling. I don't know if I even
3: answered no. your question. <laughs> yeah, you did answer my question.
1: <laughs> I'm a rambler. This stuff gets me worked up. So No, that's
3: okay. So I know we talked about the call in 2006.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But have you heard of your family doing anything else to search for your mom after she went missing and before the report? Or was it just, like, calling that number back?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure. I think that, for the most part, they that's all they did is, you know, have cop friends look for her is what they initially said. And then, um, then when it, my grandpa says the trail ended in Palm Bay, I believe. And so I think that's either the point he gave up or he's at least claiming that's where he gave up. I couldn't see someone just giving up, you know, your cop friends look and they don't find anything. And you're like, yeah, that's it. She's gone (laughs) forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as what they're admitting to me, that's it. Is that, you know, in 2006 when she stopped answering the phone, they had cop friends look for her and the trail ended in Palm Bay. Okay.
3: So. So have there been any other reports of your mother anywhere after 2005 besides the phone call like any unconfirmed sightings or anything like that
1: No um now I will say I don't know if I've obtained all record that there is you know physically possible to obtain in the world on my mother but I will say from the surrounding mm-hmm. cities I've requested everything that they could possibly give me and everything is prior so, there's like some okay. reports from two thousand and four where she tried to like uh commit suicide when we were taken away, and there's one from nineteen ninety eight mm-hmm. but that's the same we were taken away and she tried to commit suicide and so the police were called um for like intervention i guess okay
3: um
1: but yeah, other than that no like there was like some sex crime sightings <laughs>
3: some i guess yeah. like um
1: you know like neighborhood self proclaimed neighborhood watch people. Um, <laughs> were peeking out mm-hmm. their blinds and saw her walking down the street in like a provocative manner like they knew what she was okay. doing and yeah. so she, this woman reported it but like yeah it was just like a peeping Tom kind of looking out her window and okay. saw her and reported it but again prior so nothing after 11-28-2005 that was the last and final charge that okay. comes up
3: So I also heard that you put your DNA into, like, the database or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there any Jane Doe's that you believe could be your mother? And, like, what percent, like, not certainty because obviously you don't know, but what percent would you say, like, it could be your mother, if that made any sense? I
1: would have to say it's probably a clean 50 percent okay. on all of them only because i don't know i, I have no idea mm-hmm. i don't know but um one jane doe that is of interest that we're kind of looking at was used to um submit my mother's case uh in the beginning so like i explained this in the get vocal and a little bit on the podcast too okay. The detective i have is not from the county that she went missing in and that's because they wouldn't take the case from me I I cried, I begged, I pleaded, I everything. She was an adult over the age of 26. They could not do anything for me. She makes her own decisions, and if she wants to go missing, that's what she's going to do. That's what
0: I was told. He's kind, and he's funny, and he's also mustachioed. He solves all your problems by the end of every episode. TV Dad. Everyone loves TV Dad. Listen to your TV dad. Switch to Progressive and you could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Wendy's $3 breakfast deal is a bacon or sausage egg croissant plus small seasoned potatoes for 3 bucks. It's the breakfast that don't miss. So if you did miss Wendy's breakfast, don't imagine. Fresh cracked eggs, sizzling sausage, crispy bacon, and block out those hot, buttery, flaky croissants. Croissants don't really make a sound, but if they did... For a breakfast that don't miss, Wendy's is that breakfast. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's $3 breakfast deal. Limited time only. participate participating U.S. Wendy's. Select a request $3 breakfast deal to obtain discount. Not valid for a la carte combo orders.
1: By Florida, basically, or Brevard. So okay. I called uh, Palm Beach County and got that detective on the case. Um, so that's why that Jane is involved. There's one in West Palm Beach, I guess. This is the one I'm talking about now. Um, okay. So he told me about that one. It basically wasn't like... I thought this was her, and so I called, and it was like, this might be my mom. Can you look into it? It was like, well, they won't take your case. Well, I have a Jane Doe here that fits the bill. We'll just use that. And, like, so, okay. it, you know, as bad as that might seem, it could still be her. We don't know because my sister and I did live in Palm Beach at one point, and we felt she might have followed us there. Yeah. So this woman was found in 2006. It fits the year. It fits her size, her you know, color, her gender, everything. So Mm
3: -hmm.
1: that's why the one in Palm Beach County is involved. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much the only Jane Doe in Palm Beach County in 2006. So if anyone looks that up, they can see the information on that. Um, There are a couple in Jacksonville, um, which is scary. But yeah. And those I would maybe push like 60%, I feel maybe because, just the area, the location, um
3: yeah,
1: and one of them was found in a homeless camp
3: deceased, okay.
1: so uh, that was another point that made me think it could be hers because she was transient, so
3: mm-hmm.
1: and again, like it's just I have no idea, so <laughs> I can't say, but i'm I'm willing to go any route at this point, obviously, yeah. so when he suggested d n a I was like, of course, let's do it.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And I've also done Ancestry, too. So not that that's anything compared to police DNA, but uh, it's still something that I tried. And, you know, some people try that and they break open their whole case. And it's like, wow, I don't know why I never did this before. Now, me, I did it and all I got was fourth cousins, fifth cousins, sixth cousins, Mm twice removed and um, finally my grandfather, my mom's dad just popped up on there a couple of weeks ago that okay. he had actually done his back in August of last year and just never okay. told me, I guess. So now I have one match that's like 1500 CMs or whatever. I was so mm-hmm. excited when he popped up on there, even though like, Hey, I already know we're related. This yeah. doesn't do anything for me. I was just excited to see someone that was actually a close match Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, as far as that goes, the DNA has been sent to the University of North Texas, and I've been told it can take like one year to five years. In the beginning, we thought it could only take maybe six months,
3: but Mm
1: -hmm. now it's just, it's been in there since June 15th of last year, and it's almost June 15th again. So yeah, (laughs) yeah. it's kind of just a weight game right now. And like I said, there's a few Janes that we're interested in, but nothing mm-hmm. solid yet. So.
3: So unrelated, why is the age 26? Like you, cause I've heard like, you're not, you can't really do anything after the age of 18. So technically they're an adult, but I've never heard the age 26.
1: I have no, it's just in there. Um, like the private investigator I had at the time sent me a little screenshot of their, like, the regulations that were required for me to be able to make a report. And it was, she had to be taken against her will, and I have to have proof. Yeah. She has to be a victim of, I don't remember the exact term used, but, like, uh, a victim of violence, basically, and I have to have proof.
3: Okay.
1: And uh, I forget what the other one was, a danger to herself or something like that. Yeah. So, those were the requirements. And because she's an adult over the age of 26, we'd have to meet one of those requirements. Not okay. that that's the age. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it was a child, none of those things would be required because they yeah. automatically look for children. But because she was over the age of 26, we had to meet one of those requirements, if not more than okay. one. So and that's when I started subpoenaing the, the reports about her trying to commit suicide in 2004 in hopes that it would prove that she was a suicidal human being. Yeah. Um, but that didn't do anything for me either because they were old reports.
3: So, okay. again,
1: it would have to be current and I would have to have proof. So, like, a video of her being kidnapped on the side of the road or mm-hmm. her punching herself in the head or, you know, like, something yeah. like this. Not I'm, this is me, I'm calling this, I, I'm saying this, you have to take my word for it. Like, yeah. nah, they're not going to do that. So, uh, yeah, I went around them, and I found an officer that was willing to do that, and mm. he did. So, it was pretty cool meeting yeah, him. That's and, good. Yeah.
3: So, if your DNA does end up matching to a Jane Doe, and it turns out to be your mom, do you think that'll, like, hurt you more, or help you more? Because as unlikely as it is, there's always like that hope that she's still alive and well. But like on the other hand, if you get the match there's some closure there. So what do you feel about that? Well, I've always you know, my my family has
1: contradicting opinions, all of them. Every single mm-hmm. one. But a lot of them think that by doing what I'm doing I'm hurting my sister. Um she wants to find my mom just as much as I do. Yeah. She doesn't talk about it like I do. She won't open up like it, you know, like I do. And it's because it hurts her. You know, mm-hmm. she was older and she remembers a lot more than I do mentally. Like she can see these things in her head and I can't, you know, I remember them, but it, to me, it's just a mission that I'm on that it doesn't matter what I remember, I guess. Yeah. Um. And I guess I guess the point there is that I just, I don't know. I I don't even remember I was going with this. It's like off in the left field now. I don't know. I thought about something else and it's gone. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. No, can you ask me the question again? That might help.
3: Yeah. So I was asking if a DNA matches to a Jane yeah. Doe and it turns out to be your mom. Is that good for you more or is it going to be like more helpful because it is some sort of closure as
1: soon as you started the question I remembered
3: I was like oh yeah um, <laughs> so
1: a lot of people think I'm like dredging it up for my sister and they think I'm hurting her but like she's even said all in all it doesn't matter if we find her front tooth and that's it. yeah and they know that she died there or like her leg or it's yeah. just anything would be better than what we're going through today and from here on out until we find her like mm-hmm. It's just, there is no comparison, you know, and my, my family will try and say, well, maybe not everybody feels that way. Well, maybe not everybody's in my position. So yeah. it's not their right to say what they feel on it because it's not their situation. And all in all, yeah, I think that it would be a, maybe not a form of closure because like Aaron says, and I say all the time, I don't think there is any closure with things like this. It's just, yeah, it's just the start of a better life for the person mm-hmm. going through it because you have some something to fall back on. You know, right now I have just a bunch of I don't knows and what if yeah. or maybe this or you know and I think what how I put it with Aaron was, you know, when someone's missing, it's a million questions running through mm-hmm. your head. And when you find even a piece of them it's the one answer you've been looking for. It's it's just, there's no other way I can put it. It's just constant questions, you know, when someone's yeah. missing. And then you find them and it's like, oh, finally, you know, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. finally I have an answer to be able to tell my kids what happened to this person, to be able to tell their kids, yeah. you know. Um, because what am I going to tell my child when he gets older? No, I never had a mom. No, yeah. I, I you know, that's what my cousins tell their children and things like that. That will never be me. I'll never mm-hmm. lie to my son. He has a grandmother. She made bad choices. Things happened. You know, she's missing. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying it's his, you know, it has to be his mission to find her. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to spend his whole life doing what I'm doing. But I guess that's, I, I'm trying to say that's why I'm doing it. It's because I don't want anyone else to spend the rest of their life doing what I'm doing. And yeah. It, it just i have to have answers you know for him and yeah yeah that, that's pretty much okay. it i think it would be better than what we're going through now for yeah. sure
3: so my follow-up question to that is do you think that would be enough for you or would you continue to seek like what happened to her and get more pieces of the puzzle um, well, it depend- It it all depends on how
1: she was found, um, obviously, um, yeah. but because, you know, if it is just her tooth or her leg or whatever, I would have mm-hmm. to know why that is what became of her. Mm-hmm. I would need to know, like, what, you know, why did she deserve that in her life or why someone thought she deserved that. Um, but, you know, if she was just found deceased and it was like natural causes, obviously there's nothing to follow up sure, or sure. yeah yeah. Oh but better believe if it was heinous it will be found out. Okay. <laughs> if it can be found I'll find it.
3: Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. So have you had any like false confessions or just like people stating that they know what happened to your mom? Yes. One person. Okay. Um so her last boyfriend's
1: son someone we don't, my sister and I don't really like to talk about, Mm -hmm. but, um, I'll just say that in a drunk slur one night he texted me, um, and was telling me I need to stop doing what I'm doing, that I'm not going to like what I find, and he knows why my mom changed her name and he was with her, and I need to stop, I need to just stop what I'm doing.
3: Okay. Um.
1: But that was it, and then, when I followed up and texted his father screenshots excuse me mm-hmm. of the conversation, he said he's you know he was just busted for a mess lab, and okay. um, you he's a liar, you have to take what he says with a grain of salt, like he wasn't even there, but again, then when I confront senior the father with this mm-hmm. information he tells me the only thing he knows is from when we went and moved into that boarding house, but it was after your mom and JP were already gone. So apparently they lived in the house that he told me he left my mom at. So again, another contradiction. Yeah. Another, like, I don't know if this is a lie. I don't even know what to do with this because Uh it's all just so jumbled and like, The son is saying one thing. The father is saying another. My mom's not here to stick up for herself. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I don't know whether to believe him or not. I will say that the the comments about, oh, I was with her when she changed her name, that seems a little aggressive and forward. Like, Mm -hmm. if that were really the case, don't you think he would have told me that 10 years ago? Or like... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just seemed like he didn't like me investigating it because it's probably going to pull up his past too or yeah. something and he just wanted it to deter me or something I don't know but the both of them go back and forth and lie so much I don't even really know what to believe and then add bogs in there and it's just like I don't even know what's going on anymore yeah
3: <laughs> this is not fun. yeah seriously um, so that's really all the questions i have written down Um, okay but is there anything else you want to say about your mother or family or this case um
1: just just kind of like a little note to anyone else doing this you know if your heart is telling you something it doesn't matter what anyone else says i don't care if they're blood related i don't care if it's your husband i don't care if it's your kid you do, if your person is missing, you find your person, the, yeah. you know, don't let anyone, because ultimately that's my, my biggest problem with all of this is just being attacked
3: mm-hmm. and just
1: feeling like, you know, no matter how much I want to feel like this is the right thing to do, everyone is doing everything in their power, excuse me, to tell me it's not. So, yeah, yeah just push forward and you know, somebody has to do it. That's another thing I always tell my family. Understand mm-hmm. that by not doing it, like, I understand it hurts you and it tears you up inside and everything like that. But by not doing it, think about how mentally unstable I've been my whole life and what I've been through. You're leaving this as my job. Now it's yeah. my job to do it. So, like, is that would it hurt you that bad? Would it kill you to just make my life a little bit better by helping? Mm -hmm. you know or at least uh, not
3: ridiculing
1: right or just support like uh, my aunt tries to make the point like well they don't want to talk about it nobody wants to get on there and talk about how they were a drug addict blah 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 and I'm like Mm -hmm. nobody's asking them to do that they literally could get on and say hi I'm so and so this is who Diane was to me I'm Mm -hmm. supporting Sherry in the fight to find her period end of story I hope she comes home Like, they don't even have to say anything about drugs. They don't have to be questioned, like, if they don't want to. It's just a point of support. And, you know, to everyone that has someone who's looking for someone, support your family, people. Like, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: it will not kill you in any way, shape, or form for that person to be found. And for the person who's missing them's life to be changed
3: or be able to move
1: on or, you know, closure, like we were talking
3: about. Mm -hmm.
1: that's really all i'm asking of them and they can't even do that so
3: yeah i'm gonna do it alone (laughs) well and with you i (laughs) i do have um one more question that what you said made me think of did you ever have like a gut feeling of what like whether your mom was alive or not or something because a lot of people always explain like I had this gut feeling and I just knew this happened or this happened. I I don't like
1: to state mine a lot because my sister does hear a lot of what I do and say. Um, yeah. But in 2006, I, won't, I don't want to say it was 2006 for me, but thinking about the year 2006
3: mm-hmm.
1: makes me sick. Okay. And to me, it's like I know something happened in that year. And I know, yeah. you know, whether that be she just became a new person and she had other kids and she's living a whole new life or mm-hmm. she's dead, I don't know. But I know that something about that year definitely resonates in a bad way with me. Okay. So, um, yeah, and I've had some psychic readings. Here's something else. I don't know how much people believe in it, but I've had some psychic readings on the case. Mm-hmm. And both of them basically claim that they know that my sister and I are still looking for her and mm-hmm. that she's just out there living a new life. She's married. She has other kids. And now I don't know how much I feed into that or believe in psychic readings, but
3: yeah, it's
1: just a thought that it could be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's know.
3: always a possibility.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it kind of, it piques your interest, you know, when your person's been missing 15 years and somebody says, Oh, well, I'm a psychic and she's just living a new life. You,
3: you're so close.
1: You just need to find her. Like it makes you think,
3: but Mm
1: -hmm. I definitely, yeah. Like I said, I get a bad feeling about Oh six. I don't know.
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, that's all the questions I have. So Thank you so much for chatting with me about your mom's case. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and if it's okay with you, I'll link the Facebook page for your mom's in the description. Mhm. Okay, that's fine by me. Yeah, you can link okay. any of them.
1: She has. I have a Twitter for her, Instagram and Facebook. Any one of okay. them, is fine.
3: Yeah, I will link all three of those.
1: Donkey,
3: thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you. I hope you have a wonderful
1: night. I hope you do too.
3: Okay, <laughs> can't wait bye. to can't wait to hear us talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You have a good night. All right. Yeah. You too. Bye.
2: Bye. Well, I hope you learned something about the Diane Francis case throughout this episode. I am going to link the Facebook page, the Twitter, and the Instagram for her in the description box below. So if you have any interest in the case or you think you know something about the case, please visit those and contact the right people and police departments. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Great Unsolved and on Instagram at Great Unsolved Podcast. And for people that heard me mention my book in a few past episodes, it is now available for pre-order, so I will put that link in the description as well. Thank you for listening and have a great night. Thank you.
0: A good time starts with a great wardrobe. Next stop, JCPenney. Family get-togethers to fancy occasions, wedding season
1: two. We do it all in style. Dresses, suiting, and plenty of color to play with. Get fixed up with brands like Liz Claiborne, Worthington, Stafford, and J. Farrar. Oh, and
0: thereabouts for kids. Super cute and extra affordable. Check out the latest in-store, and we're never short on options at JCP.com. All dressed up everywhere to go. JCPenney.